Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win it! They win it! Pippen runs down the lane. Dumps it out the horse. Paxson for three! Yeah! Rose crosses over the fadeaway. Got it! Let me step back and kiss myself! Oh my gosh, it's over! Windy City Assassin does it again! The other day, we told you the Bulls were stuck in neutral. Then they proceeded to make 18 threes against the Utah Jazz. So could they be finding a rhythm? Well, that's a complicated question. And we're going to do our best to answer it on today's episode of Believe in Bulls here on the Believe Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. I'm your host, Nick Schultz, alongside my partner, former Bulls bench bob member and Tennessee Vol CJ Watson. CJ, I thought it was a decent week this week. Maybe this team, even the loss to Phoenix in overtime, maybe they're turning a corner a little bit. Maybe. Yeah, maybe maybe they're hearing our hearing our uh, requests, you know, on this podcast, complaining about them every week. But uh, you know, they're playing a little bit better. I see strides, uh, more strides than I saw previously. So I think it's a good sign. Yeah, there's definitely some good signs here, and the MVP of this team is not who I would have thought the MVP of this team would be. But it's not really surprising when we tell you who that is. We're gonna dive into that after I tell you about our great sponsor, BetOnline.ag. The last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling. And college basketball is here as well. My poor Ramblers against FAU. Bet online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. From NFL to college football, UFC, and NHL, they're all in full swing. Bet online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and remember use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's B-L-E-A-V. Get that 50% bonus at Bet Online. It's where the game starts. Also, we have an official t-shirt of this program, Jordan Pippen 98, The Last Dance, available exclusively at shop.believe.com. There's a lot of great stuff there to support the list of shows on the network. The official shirt for our show, though, Jordan Pippen 98, The Last Dance, a campaign-style t-shirt, over at shop.believe.com. The link's in my social media bios. So as I said at the top of the show, Bulls look better question mark this week i put a question mark on there because they did lose to phoenix beat the jazz 130 to 113 though eight players in double figures i thought that was good i they should have won that game against the suns phoenix won 116 to 115 they looked tired at the end so based on what we saw here some good stats you fought hard against kd bradley beal Nurkic, and the suns i'm seeing some better signs than i did when we talked here on monday for tuesday's show yeah, for sure. I think they're turning in the right direction. Hopefully, uh, like you said, with the win over the Jazz, hit hit a lot of big threes. Uh, a lot of players were in double figures. Uh, the bench came up and played big. Uh, Fing's game, uh, they had they still started to slow uh, down 18, which is not a not a good sign. But I think when they're at home, they have a little more juice to fight back uh, because the fans are probably giving them some some slack from uh, slack in the crowd. But uh, they definitely fought hard, came back. I definitely think they should have won the game. I'm not a big believer in that shot that Demar t- uh, took at the end of the end of overtime. Uh, but you know, I th- thought thought he should attack the rim a little bit more. Maybe put the onus on the refs to get to to make a call or something like that. But uh, definitely a tough shot. Maybe a shot he always makes, uh, you know, in workouts. But definitely a tougher shot uh, when you're someone's uh, guarding you. Yeah, I I didn't like that shot either. And you looked at the defense. It looked like 
he could have gotten a little closer, maybe gotten a little closer to the rim on a layup or yeah. had an opportunity. But that goes back to both of those teams just looked absolutely tired yeah. at the end of that game. I mean, if you're the Bulls, it takes a lot to come back from 18 down, which is why I hate that they play from behind all the time. And yeah. if you're Phoenix, you've got to fight off a pesky team and you still didn't have Devin Booker. So that's all of that together. Those two teams looked absolutely winded. And I think that I think DeMar's shot was a product of that. That mm-hmm. said, he makes those. Like it, yeah. I've, I've seen him make them. If he makes it, it's a great shot. But right. if he misses it, it, it was one of those shots. And I don't right, like yeah. I, I don't like that kind of look in that spot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think I think the biggest takeaway for me is uh, from the from the Bulls' perspective is can they win tough games like this down the stretch? You know, I think uh, just throughout the throughout the season so far, they haven't been able to win those uh, tough games, close games down the stretch. And I think that's just my my biggest thing going on further. Can they learn from this uh, this loss and move on from it? They had these opportunities last year too. They get yeah. these tough, hard fought games and they lose because they just yeah. don't have enough to get over that hump. And you know, Alex Caruso kind of willed this team back yeah. into it. Get that more on him a little later in the show. But the biggest thing that got me from that Suns game, I don't care that they lost. I don't care that it was overtime. I don't care that they were down 18, 18 points at one point. You let Grayson Allen make eight threes. <laughs> Of yeah. all people, you let Grayson bleeping Allen make eight threes. That, yeah. That's unacceptable. <laughs> yeah, very unacceptable. That's the thing we talked most about the Bulls. I felt like, from my perspective, was just guarding the three-point line. Can they guard the three-point line better? Can they keep guys out of the paint? And uh, that's something they didn't do. And uh, Grayson Allen, you know, he took advantage of that. He hit a lot of threes. Um, after the first couple ones, you can't leave them open anymore, and they just kept leaving them open. And, uh, you know, obviously a great shooter like that, especially in the NBA, they're going to make those shots. I feel like a Red Sox fan talking about the Yankees. You've got Bucky bleeping Dent. You've got Aaron bleeping Boone. The Bulls have Grayson bleeping Allen. Right. Every game, there is something. And usually it's like some type of foul. The foul on Caruso, I'll never, ever forget when he basically ended Caruso's season because when he came back, he wasn't the same. But then you let him go out there and torch you. Like of all people, I'd have been fine. I don't even, who else? Who else would I have been (laughs) fine with making that? Anyone. But Grayson Allen, it could have been Kata Bates Diop making eight threes, and I wouldn't be as upset about it. I'd be upset. Right. Not as much as I am that you let that guy do it. Right. And I speak I for all Bulls fans when I say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you got a little animosity towards Grayson. Me? <laughs> Me? No. No. Not at all. Didn't uh, – I could go into it, but it – again, it's nothing like it personal. He went to right, Duke. Yeah. Okay, he played at Duke, and you saw what he did at Duke. In the NBA, I'm just I'm clearly I'm not a fan. And then I right. <laughs> the fact when he went to Phoenix, I was wondering how that was gonna go with the trade and everything and Bradley Beal coming back, wasn't sure what his role was gonna be. They're not gonna lose a lot of games when he's making eight threes. I don't care who they're playing. Like that yeah, that's the only part that told me this team didn't deserve to win that game is when you let a guy make eight. Because the next uh Bradley Beal had three, he made the next most threes on that team. And right. most of those were open looks, by the way, yeah. for Grayson Allen. He had a couple of good, content, good contested looks. Most of those were open shots. Yeah, just as the Bulls, you know, that defense, they got to be, you know, uh, more, more on point uh, with, you know, who's on, who's hot, who's not, stuff like that, and uh, who's a shooter, who's not a shooter. Uh, just being more aware of the situations, I think, is, uh, is going to help them out a lot. Definitely, you know, uh, these next few games, 
uh, trying to get back in the win column. I think just got to, you know, be more, be more in point and be, stay more focused and locked in. Uh, Caruso did a great job, you know, one-on-one -on -one defense against Durant really held him down, had him struggling for a bit, caused a couple turnovers. So uh, everyone else has to, you know, lock in and do the same thing. Well, Caruso was getting it done on both sides of the court too, because he made four threes. So yeah. yeah, he made four threes. That was half as many as Grayson Allen made. Like you'd think four threes, that's a, that's a pretty good game for a shooter. That's right? a lot, you go, yeah. <laughs> you go four or five from downtown, especially for a guy who last year didn't shoot the ball very well. You right. see that? He got it done on both sides of the court. This man was plus 24 yeah. in this game. At one point, that number was plus 29. That yeah. is just insane. And KD had nothing but good things to say about him afterward. It felt like Caruso kind of willed this team back into it. It was a type of type of performance too. They shot well against Utah. They went 18 for 34 from three against Utah. It was a really good game. You built yeah. off that another good game here. I really don't want to take a moral victory and say, well, you kept pace with what should be one of the top teams in the West, but that was a winnable game. And at the, at the end of it, it's KD and Bradley Beal are better than Zach and DeMar. That combo. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty much what it boils down to. And even uh, Bradley Bill didn't even play in overtime, I don't think. But uh, my favorite Caruso play was when he, uh, I think it was like second half, he goes down the lane, he fakes it back to to somebody, and he does like this Jordan-esque type layup. It was it was pretty nice, you know, for a white guy, for for him to to do that and, and get it and uh, have that little finger roll and that layup. So it was definitely fun to see that, you know, I'm sure the crowd. I thought, I thought at that point they were going to win the game. <laughs> I thought they would too. And I saw a couple guys on Bulls Twitter. I think uh, Bleacher Nation was one of them that posted the the screenshot of him going up for that little setting it yeah. up and said, make this the new logo. Like, right. Yeah. Was, like <laughs> Caruso, he, he's this team's MVP. I think it's yeah. safe to say Alex Caruso is this team's MVP so far. And that showed against Phoenix, even though they lost the game, he is such an important part of what they're doing. I can see why he was untouchable at the trade deadline last year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He just brings so much energy, uh, especially defensively, and that's what this team needs because they don't really have that many defensive players on this team. But uh, defensively, he just brings – he plays with so much heart, passion, and, and that feeds off to everyone else. And then off offensively, he gives you, you know, what he does. Whatever he gives you is, is, a, is a plus. So you don't really expect, you know, 10, 15 points a night, but if he gives you that, that's a plus in your book. And say so he makes his living on the defensive end. But yeah. that's also why some people are saying, why doesn't Caruso start? Billy Donovan had an interesting answer about this. I don't know if you saw this. Essentially, he said the most important thing for Alex Caruso is availability. So translation, you got to keep him healthy. There have been yeah. multiple quotes. I forget who it's attributed to. I apologize. But the quote is he has no regard for his own personal safety. Right. <laughs> if you're starting, that's going to get taken up to another level. If you come right. off the bench, at least you're going to save yourself larger risk of injury you're still risking your personal safety when you come off the bench yeah. but that's why i think off in the second unit that's better than starting just with that aspect yeah i think so too i like i like him come off the bench i wouldn't i wouldn't start him i think like i said he just plays with so much heart and passion i feel like when you play that hard you're going to get injured you're going to get you know injuries and nicks and knacks so uh it's definitely you know he might be in and out of the lineup sometimes but you know when he's on that court when he has the jersey on he's going to leave it all on the court and that's all that's all you can ever ask for if he starts and he gets hurt and all these people that call for him to start, start wondering how he got hurt. This is why he's going to, he's going to give yeah. everything and more when he steps onto that court. And Kevin Durant had many, many good things to say after the game. And I saw Darnell Mayberry wrote a story in the athletic too, 
that it feels like the Bulls are kind of wasting him and wasting yeah. that greatness, especially when you don't win a game where he was plus 24. Right. Like, that, that, I, it could have been the Alex Caruso game. It, it, it was a full-on Caruso, vintage Caruso, yeah. and you didn't win the game, so it feels like it could be wasting it, but it's also he's keeping this team afloat. Yeah, he's definitely keeping them afloat. I think he's keeping them together also. I think he's uh, oh, yeah. not only a defensive uh, stopper, but he's also just a leader on the court. He's obviously won a championship. He's been deep in the playoffs, so he knows what it takes to win. And uh, I think guys are listening to him, but, you know, you only can t- take guys so far. He's taking them as far as he can. He's needs to take them a little farther, maybe, at least unless yeah. someone else steps up. Like, And it's not right. going to be his fault if he doesn't take right. them farther. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, we have talked multiple times that someone else needs to step up as a leader. Yeah. He's setting a really good example. And that's the other, that's the counter to why not start him then? So the starter, you know, kind of had that impact on the starters instead of on the bench. Still that quote from Billy, you yeah. got to keep him available. Yeah. He's got to stay available. You know, hopefully, you know, he can, he knows that I'm sure. And uh, oh, like yeah. I said, it's just, this, it's just big for this team just to be able to rally behind him. Uh, someone, like you said, someone else needs to step up. Uh, our big three needs to step up. Um, Zach, Booch or Demar, they got to come out. And uh, just bring the same energy and effort that he's bringing. Like, you can't see someone coming off the bench playing this hard um, and, you know, not do the same for your team. Yep. Yeah, pretty much hit the nail on the head there. So we've talked about him as the team's MVP. Alex Russo, team's MVP, keeping this team afloat. Let's take the other side of this conversation. Is Alex Caruso the biggest trade chip on this team? Um. I mean, he might be. Uh, I'm sure the money isn't that that much of a big deal. Uh, but like I said, he's playing so well. I'm sure any contender would want him on the team because, uh, like I said, he plays both sides of the ball, doesn't really care about starting or anything like that. Uh, so um, I'm sure po- he brings positive energy, you know, in the locker room and stuff like that. So he might be one of the biggest uh, trade chips there. But I'm, I'm sure the, the biggest one still to me is probably Zach because of uh, his money and, you know, star status, stuff like that. I can get behind that. I just looked up Caruso's numbers on spot track as you were talking there. He's making 9.4 million this year. Next year is a partial guarantee at 9.8 million. Then he's an unrestricted free agent. So he's got this year and next year left yeah. on his contract. The next year is a partial guarantee. So when you talk about the money aspect, yeah, that's an important part of this too. I could see the argument for Zach being the most valuable trade asset on this team or the one that can get the most, but I also think Caruso, with what he's able to do, the respect he gets from other players, I think he's making a case here. He can probably get you more than Zach can. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think so, too. Um, I'm sure Zach can maybe get you a first-rounder, which the Bulls probably really need. <laughs> you think Caruso uh, can? Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe a second-rounder. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I would I hope know, I don't a first for him. Yeah, I don't know if I would give him a first for Caruso, unless he really takes me over the top to, to win the chip, but. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of contenders out there who can probably use him, uh, use his de- defensive uh, tactics and tenacity. Um, but yeah, I would probably say Zach probably still gives you more in the end. I think it's just an interesting kind of like an f- interesting thought process here. Like you yeah. look at you look at what uh, Caruso can play anywhere on the court. You've yeah. seen that with the Lakers. You've seen that now with the Bulls. He can play anywhere on the court. He can lock down anybody. He locked down Kevin Durant last night. That is yeah. a to put it in perspective, that is what a quick math here, nine inch difference, right? Yeah. His KD is seven foot, six eleven. Yeah. And Caruso six four. Like yeah. he can do that. 
He also gets you this year 7.8 points, 3.9 rebounds per game. Uh, those are both better than his career average. As you saw, he can knock down threes when you need him to. He's also invaluable in the locker room. And I think if he wasn't keeping this Bulls team together so well, I wouldn't necessarily be dead set on a first for him if you were to trade him. But if I'm AK and Eversley, and I've said multiple times, I'm glad I'm not. I think with that level of importance, that has to be his value in the conversations at least. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, just for me, just he has my vote for, you know, first team all defense just from last night. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He has my vote easily. <laughs> yeah. And the, I mean, I think was it was it KD that said defensive player of the year conversation yeah. like this. That was a big game for him yeah. this, to lock down KD like that. It's one thing. I mean, this is a regular occurrence, but this has been you're talking sneaky defensive player of the year off the bench. So I think you could also yeah. be talking sixth man of the year. Yeah. So all that in mind, what when it comes trade deadline time, there's going to be a lot. Last year, there was a lot of conversation. I think it's going to be triple that yeah. this year in terms of, hey, the Sixers want Zach Levine. Hey, the Lakers want DeMar DeRozan. Hey, everybody wants Alex Caruso. Right, yeah. I just think you're going to see what team's going to be desperate enough to give up. A, I don't want to say desperate for someone like that, but you get my point. Like, What team's yeah, yeah. going to give a first-round pick for Alex Caruso? That's what I'm interested to see this year. Yeah, I think so, especially if they continue in this trend, you know, winning one game, you know, losing two games, uh, going to keep going on a losing streak. I uh, definitely think they're, that he might uh, be in the trade talk for sure. Yeah, I think if I'm AK, I'm at least listening. I'm not making those yeah. calls. I wouldn't start calling like, <laughs> hey, what do you think of Caruso? You know what the answer is going to be. Right. It's yeah. a matter of, let's say Rob Palinka's on the phone. Hey, what do you want for Caruso? Yeah, that type of thing. I kind of had some kind of like my approach to fantasy football drafts too when it comes to draft capital <laughs> and stuff. Like I'll, apples and oranges, but right, yeah, like yeah. I've seen I've seen draft day enough times, you know. Like, <laughs> highly recommend, by the way. But like that's going to be the most interesting thing come February. Yeah, all eyes are going to be on Zach. You've heard the rumors are out there again. The Sixers want Zach Levine. Okay, what are they going to give up for him? They need some. Right. They need another shooter with James Harden gone. Well. I guess they do. They seem to be doing just fine without him. Right. Damar on the expiring contract. You don't, you're not trading Vooch. You're not trading Kobe White. You're not trading Patrick Williams at this point, unless someone's going to give you, like, I think at this point, I can't believe I'm talking about this already. If someone's going to give you too much of Patrick Williams, you have to at least consider it. Yeah, yeah. For like, sure, yeah. In, in that kind of year. Yeah, yeah, for sure, because he really kind of un underperformed so far and uh, hasn't really had that that up uptick like you, you thought he would. So you definitely got to – Someone gives you, you know, something, a home run for him, you got to go out and take it. Took me nine games. Nine games <laughs> to start talking about potential trade packages. <laughs> That's what three and six does to you, people. Nine games. So there's a little bit of a break in the schedule here. They played Wednesday. They don't play again until Sunday. They're staying at home. They don't have to travel to Detroit. What do you think the message is going to be over these next three and a half-ish days, I guess? <laughs> Uh, a lot of film, a lot of drill work, uh, working on hopefully three-point shooting, uh, hopefully attacking Please. the basket, a big emphasis on attacking the basket and not just – I feel like that uh, the Phoenix game, they just set up for a lot of jumpers, a lot of jump shots, a lot of contested threes, which has kind of been the, the usual the last uh, this season and, you know, last season also. But uh, I would just say a big emphasis on that and a big emphasis on defense, you know, just just uh, guarding the paint, keeping guys out, the, guarding the paint, and keeping guys uh, from knocking down threes, guarding that three-point line. Is there anything you can do in film review or even drills, I guess, you can run that help you in the clutch? Because this team's still not good in the clutch. 
Uh, yeah, it's just uh, I just feel like you know just just playing some scrimmaging uh, late in practice when your legs are tired, uh, things of that nature, and then just shell drill, uh, just getting on the boxes and elbows and and spreading out to, to shooters, not let guys just get clear looks at threes. I think that's what the, the biggest issue is. A lot of a lot of wide open threes, which shouldn't be happening in the NBA. Because I I don't normally like mixing sports metaphors, but I kind of compare it in a way to the two minute drill in football, where yeah. you know they practice you you got. Two minutes left in the half, you've got to score, go run it. Like right. when it comes to practicing that in, in the NBA, there's so many other factors. Is the other team going to get the ball back and run out the shot clock? Is there right. other stuff like that? So that's why I wasn't sure this team still struggles in the last two minutes of close games. And I feel like to a point, they try to rely on the refs too much. Noticed it last yeah. year. I noticed it again against Phoenix when Zach wanted three fouls that weren't fouls. Right. Like <laughs> there's got to be stuff you can do in practice to help with that. And I don't know what the issue is. Yeah. I think what, what stuff that we used to do, we used to do a lot of situational playing, uh, like, like you said, last two minutes or play for 10 seconds. Uh, some other team has the ball, you're down by three, try to go get a score and they get a foul. Um, so I think there's different, different ways you can do it in practice. I'm not sure if they do it. I'm sure they do, but you know, this guy maybe pay more focus to it and then attention to it. And, you know, cause you're going to have these situations and games come, you know, throughout the rest of the season. And this is where like your scout team comes in handy. Yeah. Like that's where that's where your scout team needs to okay, what are their tendencies? What does the film say? And yeah. do your best to like that would have been that would have been my role if I play basketball because I'm not <laughs> I'm not I'm not good enough to play in games. Yeah. But you know you watch enough film, you can kind of maybe get some tendencies and everything like that. It's the Phoenix game kind of amplified it because again that was so winnable. You had they were giving it to you. Yeah, yeah. And they just couldn't take it. And DeMar settling for that shot. Again, I understand why he took it. I've seen him make it. We've all seen him make it in big yeah. moments. But I think part of that was fatigue, too. So I just think going forward in the clutch has to be a big focus, in addition to guard the damn three-point line. Yeah. Yeah, it was just a it was a tough shot. You know, uh, like I said, I'm, probably, I'm sure he probably makes that shot a lot, but it's just a tough shot, you know. And uh, plus, we got the NBA defender. You know, game winding down, legs are already tired. Uh, I would, I would like him more to go get to the basket or try to put the honus on the refs to make a call, which I'm sure they may or may have not have called a foul, but at right. least give them that chance. And then don't bail them out with a, you know, a failing thirty footer. <laughs> now let me be clear, I'd rather have Demar shooting that. Yeah, that yeah. Spot. Like he's the yeah. guy. I when they, when he had the ball, I'm like okay, that's who I want shooting this. Right. Shot selection wasn't great, but it's you're not gonna make the right shot selection every time like you, it's the name of the game that's the yeah, nature yeah. of the last second shot is you got to go with your gut he made the wrong call and again if he made it we're sitting here talking oh wow it was a great shot it right, was yeah you're taking that type of shot in that situation with the game on the line that's not normally a good thing <laughs> yeah i would have to go back and look at the last shot too because I, I don't know if the spacing was there also maybe the spacing was bad for him not to drive or yeah, I don't know. I, maybe that's why he took the shot like I said, I don't know. I got to go back and look at it, but just from just from seeing the play, I just think it was a you know a bad shot and could have got something better maybe. But the spacing could be a big reason why he did that, and maybe he didn't think he he had any driving lanes to the basket. As we're getting more comfortable with this new software we're using to record, got to find a way to upload like some clips like that, or find a way to mm -hmm. show my screen without showing how much of a mess my screen is. <laughs> I keep like fifty tabs open, and my desktop drives me crazy. Right. But, <laughs> I, initially, 
like when I saw the play and they showed the replay on the broadcast, it looked to me like there was some space in the lane. Now, I don't know if there was a help defender that was waiting somewhere. Right. I don't know if he saw something I didn't. But either way, that's the guy I want taking that shot. He makes it probably, I'd say eight times. I, I don't want to give him nine times out of ten. Eight times out of ten, Yeah, he makes that, even with the tough nature. And sometimes he'll draw a foul if it's a young enough player. Like, you never right, know. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, they got a little bit of a break here. No game until Sunday. And then they play the first half of a back-to-back. The second half of that back-to-back is at Milwaukee, which is fun. And then they start another four-game homestand, two against the Magic, one for the in-season tournament, the very creatively named in-season tournament, and then two against the Heat, and that'll be a Saturday and a Monday. So, you know, you're home. You're not traveling. If there's an opportunity to get right, it's right now because you got a four-game road trip coming up against the Thunder, the Raptors, the Nets, and the Celtics. So now is your opportunity to get – if you can get back to 500, great. Yeah, just now's the time to regroup, you know, fix all these mistakes that uh, that are mistakes and try to make them positives. And, uh, you know, just go out and try to get a win. One one game at a time, that's all you need to, to get back on the streak. Yeah, one one game at a time is so cliche, it hurts, but it's absolutely it's absolutely right on this. Like, I saw Nick Saban was on Pat McAfee today, and I guess Ms. Terry, his wife, said something about the Auburn game. He goes, whoa, 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 whoa. We got to mm-hmm. play Kentucky and Chattanooga first. Like, right, yeah, yeah. That's kind of, that's the attitude you got to have. As, yeah, yeah, you got the Bucks coming up on Monday, but first you got to play Detroit. I still that Detroit team yeah, scares Detroit, the hell out of me. Yeah, they're that good, is, man. <laughs> I think if Monty Williams wasn't their coach, I wouldn't be as concerned about just a young scrappy team like right. that. They yeah. got a great coach. They've got great young players. That team is not going to be a cakewalk for yeah, anybody. Not at all this year, especially especially since they know the Bulls are struggling. They're going to try and come in and think they're going to be able to get a win and. That was one of the the Pistons have two wins this year, and one of them was to the Bulls, and it wasn't close. They won two of their first three. They have now lost, uh, let's see, quick math here. They have lost six straight since, but I mean, they played the Thunder, the Blazers, the Pelicans, the Suns, the Warriors, the Bucks. That, for a team that's still trying to get its feet under it, that is absolutely brutal. Yeah, they're they're coming in with confidence, having already known they beat the Bulls already. So right, it's definitely going to be you know a hard hard battle talk talk game. Do I think the Pistons are a playoff team? No. Do I think they're a play in team? They're on the fringe. They're kind of yeah. in that eleven seed, twelve seed area. I think just until they can kind of put this thing together, hit the ground running, maybe get like one more piece to tie it all together. Yeah, but I'm not taking them lightly. I treat them like I treat the Magic last year. Like, yeah. like the magic we're in a cakewalk they're not they're not a cakewalk this year either no, the pistons no. are not going to be easy to beat yeah. at all so this is it looks like an easy stretch on paper but like you said one game at a time keep focused on the task at hand and uh, hold on to the basketball i guess yeah stop turning it over stop giving them easy possessions i think that's the biggest thing when vooch got pickpocketed in, yeah. the final, in the final seconds, I about jumped. I was sitting in this chair. I was, I was working, watching him on TV. I about jumped out of my chair. Like, that cannot happen yep. in that yep. spot. But, you know, it's it's been one of those years. You know, missed yeah. opportunities are huge. You got to take you got to take any that you get. And it starts against Detroit. Nice little bit of a breather here. You got a few days in between. Get right. That's going to yeah. be the message this stretch. Get right. We'll be back here next week breaking it down. We're going to tie a bow on today's episode of Believe in Bulls here on the Believe Network presented by BetOnline.ag. Use that promo code BLEAV. Get that 50% welcome bonus over at BetOnline. Buy our shirt as well. Jordan Pippen 98, the last dance campaign style t-shirt shop.believe.com. 
CJ, I really hope there are more wins that we talk about, kind of like that jazz game. But all in all, I feel better than I did at the beginning of the week. I don't yeah, know. That kind of scares me, but I feel better yeah. than I did earlier in the week. Yeah, they're making strides. They're making positive, positive signs towards, you know, winning a game, hopefully, and get on a winning streak. So that's that's positivity. <laughs> positivity indeed. Get me, get me start believing. That was what you yeah. said the other day. Let's get start believing. Get yep. like get everybody on board. Let's see what happens yeah. here. Like you, you never know you what never, could happen. <laughs> right. The Lakers lost to the Rockets. You never yep. know. You'd be proud of me for not making you go into that save that for next week. Uh, we will see everybody back here on Tuesday. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the little bit of a breather here from basketball. We'll see you back here Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.